When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Craig Ellingson, sports editor at the Edmonton Journal and the Edmonton Sun, and this is our Oilers podcast for Thursday, January 26, 2017. With me on the phone from San Jose, California, is Jim Matheson. How are you, Matty? Good, very good, Craig. You're uh, in San Jose for tonight's game against the Sharks, the last game before the All-Star break. And, uh, of course, the Oilers are on the road. Back-to-back games in California, and we're... uh, the day after the 4 nothing win in Anaheim over the Ducks. Uh, I don't even know when the last time you could have said uh, the Oilers shut out the Ducks in Anaheim. It's been a few years. Matthew Garon got the last shutout. And when, when did he play for the Oilers? That's many, many years ago, the last time an Oilers goalie shut out the Ducks in Anaheim. So the game has kind of, to me, reminded me of the 2006 Oilers playing the Ducks in that you know, the Ducks had, you know, on paper better players and the Oilers beat the Ducks in the third round of the playoffs to get this Valley Cup final. They did it on the strength of the goaltending back then. It was Rolison, you know, strong defense and very opportunistic scoring. And that was the way it was last night because the Oilers didn't have a whole lot of chances to score on John Gibson, but scored four times. And, uh, didn't play well in the first period, but Cam Talbot uh, made two tremendous saves on Antoine Lumet and Nick Ritchie, and then uh, Lewis got out of the first period, scored three in the second, when the, hot, when the Ducks started making a whole pile of mistakes with the puck. As Randy Carlisle said, 17 turnovers in the second period he counted, so the Oilers scored three goals and the one four others. What is Cam Talbot doing in net? Uh, what is he... What, can you explain his performance right now? Um, well, he I, he plays the game like a starting goaltender, and in today's NHL, if you look at the goaltenders this year, there's been a lot of good goaltenders that aren't playing that great, and and yet Cam seems to his game is elevated from last year to this year, and he's the busiest goaltender in the league, and he wants to play all the time, and I think you know it's such a cliche, you know we use it all the time, the coaches. And players always use it. Oh, he gives us a chance to win, and he, you know, but simplistically, that is what he does. You know, he's kind of unflappable in the net, and he makes, you know, saves when they're needed early in the game. Often, when the, especially the road team is like the Oilers were last night, weren't didn't start very well, and Cam made a couple of saves, and then and then the Oilers took over the game. So 
too many bad goals. And I think, you know, when you're the starting goaltender on a team and the team in front of you knows that you're not going to give up too many goals from the hash marks or from the sideboards, uh, your confidence level rises too because you know that your goaltender is, is the equal of the goaltender at the other end of the ice and not going in, uh, you know, a little understaffed. So that's basically what he's given him right now. Now, up front, Leon Dreisaitl was excellent in the game last night as well. Uh, yeah, two goals. He's got, he leads the team in goals now with 19, one more in Patrick Maroon. Uh, he's got 44 points in 50 games. He should probably be going to the All-Star game uh, in the Pacific Division, but because of you know every team has to have a representative uh and Connor McDavid was voted in by the fans as the team captain. Uh, there's only one Oiler in the game, and there has to be one from Arizona, and um, you know, one from Calgary, and, and you know, that one from Vancouver. And you know, so um, Leon isn't going, and uh, he, you know, with 44 points in 50 games, I think he's now in like about you know in the top 12 in scoring in the league, and won't be there. But I think he gets. You know, in Edmonton, the fans appreciate him. I don't think he's getting the love around the league as much as he should because he plays on the same team as Connor McDavid and on the same line. And it's, it's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, not to harken back to the old days, but it's kind of like Mary Curry playing with Wayne Gretzky. You know, everybody thought Gretzky was so great and Curry didn't have to do very much, but, you know, it was a pretty good duo right now. Dry Settle looks very good on the right wing. I know the Oilers and a lot of their fans think he'd be better served play uh, center on the second line. But I think he he thinks the game like Connor McDavid does, and that's why he looks really good there. And tough to argue with success. I mean, that line looks really good, and if he's playing right wing, he's playing right wing. And, and Todd McClellan within a game and move him back to center if, say, Nugent Hopkins isn't having one of his one of his good nights so there's always that possibility and he's playing against the San Jose team tonight that has way too many centers and, and uh, which is why Pavelski plays the wing and why Marlowe plays the wing and why Thornton is the center and Couture are the first two centers and the other two centers playing the wing so you know all about having too many centers and he had no problem when, when he was coaching playing them on the wing so and he's doing the same with the others it is pretty amazing to think that you know or would we have even thought of dry saddle uh, in this position a year ago? If not, you know, of course, two years ago he entered the league and was sent back to junior. But I know we've been saying it all season too. But you know, it just speaks to just how big a step up dry saddle has made this season. We've been saying it all year. Well, I think they, people thought too when Taylor Hall got traded because they were played so well together that Leon's game might drop off and that that you know because Hall was fast skater forced Leon to push the pace somewhat and without Hall they wondered whether he would do that now he's playing with an even faster player Connor McDavid and he looks just fine so that was a very good draft pick by the others the third overall pick the year that uh, Ekblad went one Sam Reinhardt went two Drysaddle went three and Sam Bennett went four so that was a very good pick by the others third overall and sticking with the Oilers forwards, you know, Zach Cassian had a nice goal last night. And uh, obviously he's one of those players that's, you know, really, you know, <laughs> a 
what can I say about this Oilers team right now? Uh, but Zach Cassian's a poster boy for you know, a reclamation project, and here he is flourishing. Uh, he scored a goal last night, the first-round draft pick score, and yet he's been on the fourth line, you know, taking the puck, pushing it, you know, by Sammy Vatnin, and then going in on, on John Gibson, a sweet backhand underneath the crossbar, you know, on the opposing side from where Gibson was going across the crease. So you're right. He gives the orders a physical presence, and he's got some offensive ability, and I think that's why the orders are doing well right now because you're getting goals from you know three and four different lines every game, and, and he's on the fourth line with Latestu got another point last night as well. So you know he's tough enough to beat somebody up or to hang in there with a tough guy. As long as you're going to score goals like that, uh, I think you're going to win the hockey game because that was a, a goal scorer's goal. And while he went 37 games without a goal until he scored against Florida last week or in the last 10 days, uh, he's got some offensive ability. And that short his last night. You talk about forward depth. You know, orders having four lines that that have been showing obviously offensive capabilities, and of course the Sharks have that still. And, we were talking about Patrick Marlowe before we pressed record here. Now Marlowe's, you know, 37 years old. He's, uh, you know, closer to obviously close to the end of his NHL career, and he's had a long and very productive one. But you know, he scores four goals in the period the other day, at the at his age, and uh, it just shows that, you know, obviously the Sharks were went to the Stanley Cup final last year for a reason. They have the de- the quality depth, and uh, and they're. They're benefiting from having veterans such as Marlowe on the team. Well, and his contract's up at the end of the year for Social Authorities, and they're wondering what they're going to do with both players in terms of whether they offer them one-year contracts or or what. And in Marlowe's case, Thornton has, has, has kept his point production up a little higher than Marlowe's. Marlowe last year wasn't that great. But four goals in a period that only 12 players in NHL history have done that. And Gretzky did it in 1981, and uh, you know, just a lot of Hall of Famers did it too. You know, Joe Newendike and Mario Lemieux and, and, and such. Um, but four goals, and then the a goal the other night in Winnipeg as well, uh, the winning goal, I think, and five goals in the last two games, and he's too short of 500. So. Uh, 498 goals, and I think he's played 1,460 games, all for the San Jose Sharks. So he was in the league at 18. Never seen the, a minute of minor league hockey, and uh, you know he, he just keeps rolling along. Good enough, always underrated as a player, I think, but good enough to play in Olympic teams, and that shows the caliber of game he's got. Good enough to play with star players as, in a complimentary role, and. Uh, you know, when you're on a roll, you get five goals the last two games. There's every possibility it gets one tonight. And then if he gets two with San Jose, might win the game because uh, not a lot of goals scored in today's NHL. Now, Patrick Marlowe likely won't be on the uh, NHL's 100 greatest players list when they uh, announced the remaining 67 here for the All Star weekend. But you and I were chatting a little bit about, you know, the top 100 and who's going to be on it, and uh, you had your own personal list. I mean, you were talking about the 20 people you think are the greatest players of all time. I don't know if you want to talk a bit a bit about that here on this podcast. 
Uh, well, yeah, I mean, the NHL doesn't seem to want to rate the top 100 players because I, I think they're a little leery of, of players um, not liking where they're ranked. If they're not ranked high and they're ranked, you know, 79th and stuff, then maybe they wouldn't show up for the for the, uh, the festivities. But, um, you know, I, I like rankings, and I know Rolling Stone magazine rated them ranked the top 100 songs of all time and, and uh, like a Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan was number one and the Rolling Stones get, can't get no satisfaction as number two and I don't know if that has anything to do with the name of the magazine or anything but it's somewhat um, fitting that those two songs are one and two and uh, in terms of the best players of all time I mean I, I still think Gritsky's the best player I had Gordie Howe second and Bobby Orr third showing my bias by having Mark Messier fourth and then Mario Lemieux fifth. And then, you know, I had John Beliveau sixth. Um, I had Beliveau in the list. I had Guy Lafleur. Uh, I had Rocket Richard. Uh, Bobby Hull. Two goalies, three goalies actually in the top 20. Um, Patrick Waugh, Marty Brodeur, and Glenn Hall. And uh, the other owner, Paul Coffey, I hit him, I think, 18th. And, you know, only one, two current players. Um, Sidney Crosby at 20th and, and uh, Yerma Yager, um, I think, at 6th or 7th. So that's my, you know, my bias. I'm not, I have a tough time going back to the days of Dick Clapper and Lucy Lalonde and Joe Malone and Maria Joliet to uh, put them in my, my top 20 because they're just names to me and I'm not old but I'm not that old so I didn't see them play. Yeah, I suppose that's always the debates because, you know, I know you've been covering the NHL and the Oilers for a long time but, you know, obviously you didn't watch, well maybe you did when you were, you know, growing up in Winnipeg maybe you would have seen Rocket Richard in an exhibition game, I don't know. But, uh, you know, to see these players at their peaks back in the 30s, you know, in 20s you know, a, a generation ago, and, and you know, and, and most people who you know, would have seen them play or have passed on. Yeah, I, I guess I can't blame the NHL. Well, I mean, I can't I blame the NHL for not ranking them? But you know, you can't. You know, trying to compare Newsy Lalonde to Wayne Gretzky. You know, what Newsy Lalonde meant to the NHL and the Canadians. No, I mean it's the same thing with Joe Malone. Yeah, seven goal game or something, and there was no raising back then. I mean, I don't know if they even yeah. raised pucks. You know, and, and, player, and players today... No, they're, they're, players falling in front of shots to block them uh, last time I looked either, so... No uh, forward passing and stuff like that. Or passing, so yeah, forward passing and stuff. So I, you know, I don't know. It's Maybe right, I mean, I'm sure Eddie Shore, everybody talks about what a great defenseman Eddie Shore was, and all I remember about Eddie Shore was when he was a coach or manager, and he was, you know, tied the goaltenders to the goalposts so that they didn't wander, you know, he didn't want them going anywhere, so. So I don't. I mean, he was a great player, but I never saw any short play. I mean, Nick Lipstrom is my gold seal for defenseman, and he's in my top twenty-two. I meant to put him in there, but um, it's tough rating defensemen from eras as well. I mean, Denny Potman played in the eighties for the Islanders. Um, Chris Chelios played until he was a hundred, and uh, you know, in the nineties and eighties into the early 2000s and Doug Harvey played in the great Canadians teams 
Kane and Jonathan Taves. They both won three Stanley Cups. They might be on the list. And Obeskin, I'm sure, is on the list, too. I don't know who the other player might be. It could be Malkin. It could be Carey Price. It could be Duncan Keith or Carlson. They both won a couple of Norris trophies. I don't know. But it opens it up for debate, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, just being even making the top 100 when there's so many great players that play the game, you're going to find that when they trot out the 100 best, people are going to say, geez, Phil Esposito made it, but Tony Esposito didn't make it. Or where's Adam Oates? Or maybe Joe Thornton doesn't make it. You know, from 100 to 200, you're still going to have an awful lot of great players, and we could probably put that team together with a Stanley Cup. Well, who knows? Maybe in the future we'll take our driverless cars to the virtual reality room, and, and that way we can have Joe Malone play against Wayne Gretzky and see who really was better. Yeah, very true. Very true. <laughs> anyway, Maddie, I'll let you go, and uh, thanks very much for doing this, and uh, enjoy the rest of the time in San Jose. I will do. Thanks, Craig. All right, thank you.